remember um, I hope Chikara gets characters called the Beach Pigs. The Beach Pigs. That would be really if good. If we train, we're the Beach we're the Pigs, beach pigs yeah. for sure. That's our tag team name. <laughs> we have like pig masks. It's really something. We all have, we'll have like tails and shit. We'll it'll have be, a man we'll have be a, really cute. We'll have a manager who puts sunscreen on us. It'll <laughs> 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 be so good. <laughs> and that's the segue into like the self-care heel with doing a lot of yeah skincare. yeah yeah perfect i just i wrote all of wrestling <laughs> fine um but yeah i like i i think um fuck i was gonna say something and then beach pigs can you make a mark i'm sorry <laughs> sorry no it's okay And welcome to WrestleSplania, the podcast where I, Calf Barbadora, a wrestling fan, introduce the wonderful world of professional wrestling to my friend Rachel Millman. Hi. Hey, what's up? Um, I don't know. I had a long weekend with uh, two dogs. That was fun. Sweet. Uh, you know, because I am an animal, I guess I'm a by default animal caretaker at this point. I had like cats to take care of and stuff. The only, uh, animal I didn't have was pigs. No pigs? No pigs. Aw, this is a, I like your attempt at a segue here. Thank you. (laughs) I'm really proud of it. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, I guess we'll just get right into it then. Uh, we're talking about Cesaro today. I'm the pig. We're talking about Cesaro and the thing Rachel is referencing is... (laughs) A picture of Cesaro, uh, or a series of photos of Cesaro. Yeah, a series. At uh, the beach, the beach in the Bahamas with the swing, swimming pigs, which I will say this is the second time in two days I'm doing a podcast where people talk about the swimming pigs, because we talked about it on What a Time to Be Alive yesterday. Is it because Eli is the pig or whatever? Or? Well, so the number one story was, uh, which somebody pointed out goes really well with uh, the Tracy Chapman song, If You Sing the Headline pig in a hot car (laughs) (laughs) so it's somebody left their pig in a hot car so that's how you found that zuzu cover (laughs) it's not it's not that was a separate thing because pig in a hot car is tracy chapman a listener did uh patty was doing good day sunshine pig in hot car there was a pig in a hot car the pig is fine don't worry the pig was saved okay um but we were talking about the, the swimming pigs and i said because i was talking about how pigs get sunburned yeah and they were like yeah someone has to sunscreen the swimming pigs in the bahamas and i was like how do i get that job <laughs> i want the job how do i sunscreen me <laughs> i want to be, i want to be a pig lotioner that's all i want but anyway, I feel like you probably also have to be like a bar back and shit, which is like a fine trade off. Well, <laughs> our our thing was that um, the trade off of having that job is that you are then subject to pig law because they run the island. <laughs> so you're the, you're like their slave. But I think I'm fine with being subject to pig law. <laughs> Me too. Like, would it be worse than like, you know, late capitalism or whatever? Probably not. I feel like pigs are just rulers. They're very smart. They're very smart. Yeah. They're very sweet. Did yeah. you ever like know people with pet pigs growing up? I didn't. I did go to enough farms oh, to okay. gaze upon them lovingly. But so uh, we knew growing up a lady who would like was like an animal rehabber, and she wasn't like an amateur with like a glue gun that was going wild. <laughs> a glue gun? <laughs> I don't know why I said a glue gun, but like you know what I mean. The yeah. type, yeah, the yeah. type who's like, oh, I can, I can, I can fix the animal. Like, no, you should not be allowed to touch right. them. We were just talking about like the the type of people who are like incredibly emotionally unstable and just steal cats that Don't are outside want me and like to steal your cat <laughs> yeah like oh look at this cat i found and everyone who knows him is like i think i think that's someone's cat i think she just stole someone's cat again she did it again when do we have to talk to her about it um but yeah no we knew this woman who was like a certified animal rehabber but she did it out of her backyard so like as a child i got very very lucky in that like she had like a baby pig one time which was really cute she had baby raccoons which is like i think probably like a like one of the grandest privileges and she also had this rehabbed owl that rules that didn't want to leave yeah so she just had like a terrifying owl in her home sweet i miss dory uh, i told you about my baby squirrels right no yeah i had baby squirrels as pets when i was like nine That's i had three of them so you yeah they followed me around they like maternally bonded to me and followed me around in a line it was really cute 
What did you do when they were no longer babies? Uh, well, they all died, so <laughs> we didn't have oh, squirrel yeah. milk. Yeah, because you weren't lactating <laughs> squirrel right. milk. We fed them. The vet told us to feed them in shore, like the like. Okay. Yeah, so we fed them in shore, but they were they were old enough to be like cute and furry, but not old enough to like not need their mom's milk and their mom got hit by a car in front of our house so um, r.i.p but it was very cute for like four months that sounds like a really cute four months and if it had gone to six like squirrels can bite through flesh like we can through watermelons <laughs> so you probably got like the best version of that deal <laughs> they didn't turn on me it's thank really God. it's really fun that i was like oh i have a proper segue we can get into it and then we just <laughs> the raccoon is a child well you know <laughs> the long story short cesaro on the beach with the swimming pigs i i was out of town like we were not together at this point like we had not talked about it and both of us simultaneously started posting all of the pictures to our twitter account and just writing i'm the pig this is me this is me and cesaro i'm the pig i'm still like really 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 proud of when i took the one photo with the the ton of them and just labeled all, all of them me. This, is me this is me oh hell yeah you know that's me oh it's me being help um but yeah yes. I, I posted something on my instagram that was just like it's like him laughing while ho- like petting a pig that's just like sitting in the water and I was oh, like oh the big one me and oh. my fiance on my honeymoon oh. that's or me and my husband on my honeymoon I look so beautiful in that photo <laughs> majestic I look majestic so yeah uh we clearly love Cesaro it was high time we did an episode about him because uh not only is he very hot he's also <laughs> a really good wrestler no so I think we've kind of as a show been hitting a nadir of being like, can you guys stop calling us the horny show? We have <laughs> other things to say. We do. We haven't done a horny episode in a while. That's not true. Yes, it is. It's every episode. We have not done an episode where we just like talk about how the subject of the episode is a babe for a while. That's true. I guess that's fair. But I mean, like people get so much out of like any like side comments that sure. we make that I like. I and there want, are plenty of them. I want to give <laughs> their perception of horniness validity while complaining about it because <laughs> I have nuance. Um, but it's, I, I was just, you know, we've been like complaining about like, hey guys, we do other things and being like the horny show. And then we have a Cesaro, Cesaro episode and like, I rarely bother my one roommate about like wrestling stuff, but I was like, come look at this guy. And she just went, what the fuck? <laughs> Which is like, you know, a really ringing endorsement. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. He's like, I feel like he is, um, he's good for that for like non-wrestling people because he's like super, super buff. He's clearly really muscular, but he's not like... Built like a freak. He's not a freak. He's not like uh, a body that you have to get used to via watching hours and hours of wrestling until you're like, yeah, Brian Cage is just like some guy. Like... <laughs> Like, no, the day <laughs> Brian Cage will never be some guy to me. Like, I can't. He's I, so funny looking. He's insanely funny looking. But he's, like, he, he, I am less and less shocked by his appearance. Like, the, the more I see him and the more wrestling I watch. We have to come up for a new name for like Stockholm Syndrome where it's like cageism or whatever. <laughs> it's just like, it's like hyper normalization, but it's like muscle normalization. It's all one I word. like that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But he is like, he, he looks like a, an attractive person. He's one of those people where you like, if you saw him on the street, you'd be like, I don't know what if you didn't know wrestling you would be like I don't know what they're famous for but I am looking at a famous person mm. he just has that presence I, I would definitely I mean yeah he does he, I, I would definitely assume he was an athlete of some kind like he doesn't look like a normal buff guy but he also doesn't look like a crazy vanity bodybuilder yeah you know what I mean yeah um also I feel like he is such a role model for bald men everywhere because he is like oh the my hottest God. bald guy of all time just own it baby yeah you got it well he's also I don't I usually you can kind of like look at a face and break down into like okay this is why I find this attractive this is why this works he is obviously like an attractive person and you could do that but it's like it's kind of maddening that no matter what he remains attractive like <laughs> when he I was first introduced to wrestling he had like he, he, he was braces, braces. yeah, yeah. <laughs> And it was like, oh, wow, no, he looks really good like that. And it's like, maybe that's the muscle normalization happening to me, which is that like, I was like, oh, yeah, fucked up teeth. Great. Whatever. People look normal like that. But I he is like 
he has a, like a very uniquely attractive. I think it, I think it's more of like a presence thing. Really, I think he's just hot. I think he's it's, just physically really it's, hot. It's both. <laughs> I think it's both. Like it's it's this platonically European energy that isn't going to talk to you about how deodorant is bad. <laughs> That's interesting. I guess because like if anything, I don't see him as being like. I don't read him as being super charismatic. Like, so that's interesting because I think that we have kind of different readings of this because I think he's like an amazing wrestler, but, and I think obviously he's very attractive. He's a really, really good wrestler. He's like an incredible athlete just in general. But I think the thing that holds him back is that I don't find him super like engaging when he's not wrestling. I mean, this is confirmation bias too. So I want to like get out ahead of that. It's he's, not, you're not wrong. He's such a fucking weirdo. He's super weird. That That is charismatic <laughs> to me because my brain is very broken. I can definitely see that. Yeah. Like, I definitely, he seems like someone who I would, like, think was fun to hang out with. Exactly. Like, he has, I mean, I, he has, like, sort of, like, a, I guess you could say, like, a Greg thing. Because it's like, hey, look at this hot guy. He covered a toy of himself in milk. And you'll be like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> and, like, he has, like, a similar, like brimming with weirdness energy and i i makes him reserved i don't know it's just it's enjoyable it's an enjoyable thing as like a viewer yeah yeah well uh so we started he's had like a pretty long career he was on the indies for for quite a while um in like the mid to late 2000s before he went to wwe in 2011 so um most notably and i think it's i think people are often surprised when they find out that he was like a big chikara guy (laughs) Because again, he's very serious in WWE, like quote end quote serious. Right, like we just said, he definitely radiates weirdness once you kind of look into it. But like uh, his persona in WWE and his style of wrestling and everything, you're just like, this guy was in Chikara. Like he was an ice cream man. Right, like the the joke gimmick, uh, like weird goofy comedy wrestling. Place, yeah, that's that's where he was. White lucha. <laughs> right, <laughs> but he was. That's uh, he was Claudio Castagnoli, which is his real name, and uh, he I guess met Chris Hero and Mike Quackenbush in Switzerland, and they like brought him over. And, because uh, he has hot guy charisma. Yeah, no, he's because he's fucking great. And he and Chris Hero were a tag team, which is like awesome. I can't think of a better combo of people. I um, guess for listeners, Chris Hero is Cassius Ono. Yes, yeah. If yeah. you watch WWE, um, he he's another person who, even more than than Cesaro, like Chris Hero on the indies, like one of the most prolific indie wrestlers of all time. I'm really excited for that one when it happens. Yeah, definitely. Um, He has like a really, really storied career before he went to WWE. And I think like his position in NXT now is he's basically transitioning into like being a trainer. Like he's not ever going to get to the main roster, which is kind of too bad because he's really fucking good. But he is like a little older and he did have this really storied career. Anyway, we're getting off track, but I have a good segue. This show. (laughs) Sorry. I have a good segue. Uh, another trainer in NXT, somebody who, again, like, I really wish got some Ah. shine, but who signed with WWE later in their career and is now being used primarily as a trainer is uh, Sarah Del Rey, who um, she and Cesaro were a couple, possibly still are. If they are, they definitely are, like, very private about it, so we won't speculate. But we did watch their match in Chikara, um, which is available on YouTube, and it was awesome. It was. I really like watching Sarah Del Rey matches because yeah. we watched one for the Oscar episode. Yeah, um, she's really, really great. She's so good. She's so fun. And like the way this matches, we've talked about several times in the show about like how intergender matches, like you have to structure them properly because yeah. it could, it could, like you know, it could go very badly in terms of audiences feeling uncomfortable with it and this rides that line but it rides it so nicely because she's just such a fierce presence yeah um i i think they also do a really good job and and i i see some parallels with this match and with the next match we're going to talk about which is uh cesaro versus Sami Zayn, um where it's so it's cesaro versus sarah del rey and sarah del rey is like like you said, a really, really fierce, like an incredibly like strong, uh, hard hitting wrestler, but she's much smaller than Claudio Castagnoli. Like, you know, she's, she's a a pretty tiny lady. He's this big hulking dude who not only is he a big hulking dude, but like his whole thing, like the whole, like 
you know, he's this big hulking guy. He's he's much bigger than she is. But he's also like really strong for his size. Like they always talk about that on commentary in this Chikara match and in WWE. Like not only does he look like this, he also is fucking crazy. Like his thing in a lot of these matches, his like signature thing is he will just catch people who are trying to do offense against him. Yeah. Because he's crazy fucking strong. So that becomes even more pronounced when he's working with someone who weighs significantly less than him. And he is throwing Sarah Del Rey around this ring. Oh, the throws. I was really impressed with how those were done because it's like, obviously she has to throw herself a little bit too, mm-hmm. but it's like, unless you're a person looking for that, it, it felt fairly seamless. The beginning of the match, and like I can't believe I'm like, mm, notes for Cesaro. But the beginning of the match, it's like clearly a little worked. They're both clearly holding back. But that works into the story of the match of like, I'm no longer holding back on you. I'm going to go mm. as hard as I can. Um, but yeah, the way he's throwing her around and the, w- the way they make it look like it's by her hair is like, oh my God. Yeah, ah. <laughs> yeah there's a lot of him like picking up her, picking her up by her hair, which uh, that along with at the beginning of the match so they're in the same faction at this point and they're kind of like battling for control of the faction love that love a faction battle love it especially because it starts with um cesaro telling sarah del rey to lie down which cesaro poking you in the chest and going lie down is like whoo all right yep <laughs> that's when i showed my roommate yeah and then just like I, you know like i get that it's wrestling offense but like if cesaro wanted to drag me around by my hair i'd like probably be okay with it I'd probably be fine with it. I like that you're holding back. I really like that shows a lot of growth in you. And that's so cool. I'm just saying. Um, but yeah, it, it like, so it's clearly a very uneven matchup. And so the, the puzzle of how you're going to structure this is, okay, so spoiler alert, Sarah Del Rey wins. How do you structure this match in a way that Sarah Del Rey, who is clearly the crowd favorite, like is they're in a heel faction, but is the face in this matchup. Mm-hmm. How do you make it so that she wins against this guy who is clearly more powerful than she is without cheating? They made her look so good. Yeah. Like they, they executed it really well. They did. They had a couple like very well-placed, like uh, her uh, targeting his arm. And then, um, you know, like there, there's like a one specific kind of moment where the momentum switches, where Cesaro like charges at her. She moves out of the way. He hits the turnbuckle and goes out of the ring. And then she can work her arm bar, which looks like really vicious and crazy. Yeah. And, uh, and then she finally, like he, the last pin is really great. And it's um, Cesaro pins her for a two count and then picks her up by her hair. And I was like, I'm not finished with you. And he starts wagging his finger at the audience. Like, no, 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 no. Like this isn't over so easy. And then while he's doing that, she rolls him up one, two, three real quick and wins. Yeah. It's it's a good, um, fuck your hubris sort of thing. But also again, to go back to the horny point, like (laughs) you can't get mad at us for a show for saying, these are crazy undertones. What the fuck? And yeah. that's about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're, that's my whole thing is like, I'm fine with people joking about over the horny podcast, but horniness is one very important uh, factor in the access of like the analog- analysis of wrestling. Thank there are you. many spokes in that wheel. One of those spokes is horniness. It just is. It's three of the spokes. It's a big <laughs> wheel. It's, uh-huh. it's, it's a part of it. You can't neglect that part of it. No, and that would be a disservice as to what this podcast is about. Exactly. I'm just saying that like there's reasoning here. Exactly. How dare any of you. I'm going to get off that topic now. Uh, I mean, this also, one of the early things that we watched was a delightful Cesaro swing. Right, yeah. <laughs> we watched the Cesaro 100 swings. What do you, What would you call it? 100 circles, I guess? 100 rotations? It was 100 Cesaro rotations. Swing? Daniel Bryan was super hyped in the back. Baby, yep. Bri- baby Daniel Bryan, or Bryan Danielson, I guess he was at this point. I love the Cesaro swing. It's such a perfect marriage, I think, of all of the impression I have gleaned of him in doing this episode, which is that he is really strong. <laughs> this move probably fucking sucks to take. I would barf the second I was out of the Cesaro swing. Like, that doesn't look fun. He's <laughs> crazy strong for it. And it's also so weird. He is a weirdo. It it's is really stupid, funny. Yeah. It's stupid. <laughs> I, yeah, no, I think it's a perfect encapsulation of him. So, yeah, th- and this is from King of Trios. And so he and uh, Brian, Brian Danielson and um, 
Dave Taylor, who I don't really know who that is, but he was the third member of their trio. They were team uppercut. So <laughs> that's why Daniel Bryan is going crazy in the background. They're on, they're on the same team for this King of Trios. So <laughs> I think this was when he was in Team Fist, which was based on his tag team with Chris Hero. And like other prominent members of Team Fist, if I remember right, are um, I think Chuck Taylor was in it. Okay. Um, now I'm looking it up. Team Fist, Chikara. Let's see. Yep. Icarus, Chuck Taylor uh there are a whole bunch of them that's dope yeah small world wrestling's a very small world yeah i Gran mean akuma was in it i mean bryce is the ref on this yes bryce is the ref during the cesaro swing and he's just he's like the zealot of wrestling he's and just a- everywhere appropriate for the era but very baggy chinos i'm gonna put that out there <laughs> <laughs> sorry bryce love you <laughs> that i i really that does not surprise me at all i feel like 2009 bryce Wearing baggy chinos. That's what dudes wore. That's true. I just like, I would bet a lot of money that Bryce was like a big ska fan. That's all I'm going to say. I feel say. like he's told us that. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I don't think he's told us that. I think you're just correctly assuming that about him. Because I mean, there's no way he's not. Chikara is like the Aquabats of wrestling. Yeah. Everybody, so. everybody in Chikara fucking loves ska. It's I, a fact. Geez. The Aquabats are pretty good. Just putting that out there. Speaking of, uh, (laughs) one more thing I want to say about this Sarah Del Rey match is that it's on YouTube and it is introduced by the most Chikara-ass character ever, (laughs) who is someone named Estonian Thunderfrog. It was so hard for me to not immediately screenshot that, too, because then it's like, oh, people will know exactly what matches we're watching for the show and we want it to be a surprise. But, like, Estonian Thunderfrog is... I just wrote quotes Estonian Thunderfrog Chikara ass and that's all I wrote yeah it's like Estonian Thunderfrog is such a wonderful like combination of words it's like the nega asexual Budweiser cup which is it's funny I'm sorry I feel like we're you know exactly when we're recording this episode because the (laughs) asexual Budweiser cup has been referenced Another thing that's really funny in this that uh, I, I haven't watched a ton of Cesaro on the indies. Uh, I didn't know he used to do a Ricola bomb. <laughs> Did you hear him do that? <laughs> There's one part in the match where he goes Ricola and then he power bombs her. Why is wrestling so good? Like- I'm just mad he can't do that in WWE, presumably for like brand reasons, because unless he gets sponsored by Ricola. <laughs> I feel like they would do it. They have weird sponsors all the time. It's so funny. And I'm like, why don't you do that anymore? It's so funny. That's like, he could just like replace it with like a generic yodel. Oh, yeah. The yodel bomb? He did used to yodel. People told, I, I haven't seen it, but apparently he used to yodel on his way to the ring. I love, well, because, okay. I mean, the Swiss are delightfully weird. And, like, wrestling itself is very, very weird. And Shakar is fucking weird. So, of course, like, you hit the nadir of the Ricola bomb. Ricola bomb is so good. Like, I'm really sad that he doesn't do that anymore. It It's really wonderful. Um, but, yeah, so this is from 2011, which... I believe is like this is probably a few months before he goes to WWE because he went to WWE in 2011. So he's been around for like kind of a while. Um, Yeah, I forget that that's eight years. Yeah, that's that's a while. It's also like I feel like a lot of the people of his sort of generation of wrestling didn't get signed until a little later. But until like 2013, 2014. Right. But he's somebody who like you can see clearly like why they were like. All right, yeah, he's in Chikara, but like he should probably be here. <laughs> like he's, he's a giant. In, he's in Chikara, but so yeah, he goes to WWE. You can totally see why because he's uh, a big, giant, strong boy. Especially for 2011 WWE or 2012 WWE, which I feel is like a very transitional phase. Like, yeah, you have this Chikara guy, but he's like yoked, so they they don't tell Vince about like the ice cream thing. They're just like, <laughs> look at his arms, and Vince goes right, and you're, that's it. Right. I mean, he like he's an incredible wrestler who is working in this goofy promotion, but he's also working in Ring of Honor and CZW, and you know he's around. But he does he did get signed sort of before WWE seemed to be a lot more amenable to like smaller people, you know, like Mm. it seems like around when NXT was starting up, they started signing indie people who 
a few years prior they probably wouldn't have signed because they were just too small. Yeah. And like Cesaro has the proportions of like, yeah, he's a tall guy. He's a, he's a big dude. I mean, for WWE, he's probably like small, like the way that Seth Rollins is small. He's, yeah. He's like medium for WWE. I'm doing a lot of air quotes with this yeah. guys. Um, yeah, he's, he's WWE medium, but he's huge. Um, but yeah, so when they did start NXT, um, as the NXT that we know it now, they brought him back um, for a bunch of the early NXT stuff. And um, LB in our notes kind of lays out a couple of reasons for this. I feel like there are a lot of good ones. I don't know what the real one is, but it makes sense if you think about it because he was on the indies for so long. He worked with like half the people that they had signed for NXT already at that point. Yeah. Um, he was like getting a pretty big push up until this point so he can establish these people as yeah as strong and as like worthy competitors but he's not so far up the card in the main event that he's going to like compromise the uh main roster by like losing or you know struggling against yeah, these guys, yeah. you know so it makes a lot of sense um also, he's, as LB points out, another reason is just that he's, like, uh, really hot and good at wrestling. Yeah. Which is, like, a, a reason enough. That's a great reason. I love that reason. I am really happy they did because they did a bunch of Cesaro versus Sami Zayn matches. The Battle of Strong Noses. That's <laughs> what is, I called this match when I was writing down my notes. That makes sense because I'm on the record as loving a big nose. And I, I wrote down, I just wrote down Hunk Battle. This is a Hunk Battle. Yeah. Sarah Del Rey versus Cesaro, also a Hunk Battle, to be oh, fair. Oh, for sure. Sarah Del Rey is a big time Hunk. I really like the cut of her gear. I forgot to say that earlier. But like, there's something very specific about the cut of her gear and how flattering it is to her build. Big yeah. fan. It, it was really cool. Yeah. It was like, it was very flattering and also unique. Yes. Which is hard to do. So I liked it. Um, I don't like Sami Zayn's gear in this match, but I do like almost everything else about it. Um, it was so good. I miss babyface Sami Zayn so much. Ah, uh, he's so good. He's so cute in this. And like, also he, like, he's clearly, obviously he's younger because it's a five-year-old match, but he looks younger. He's like... I, I think also like NXT tends to be when people are in like the best shape of their wrestling career because they make you work out like all day every yeah, day. Yeah, you're in the performance and he's center. Fucking jacked and he looks he's great. Really jacked in this. But you're right, his tights are very Will Ospreay. They're very Will Ospreay. <laughs> they have a lot of flags on them. They're Granted, for every country he's wrestled in. I think Sami Zayn's flags are like they make more sense. I think they're like flags from like where he's from and like things like that. They said on commentary they're where he's every country he's wrestled in. Oh, that's why he has those. That's why Will Ospreay has those. That's a dumb reason. Never mind. I don't like it. I like it more on Sami Zayn because I choose to. Because <laughs> I like Sami Zayn more. Because I like Sami Zayn. He's uh, I just want to know if Vince even knew that that was Arabic on his, on the back of his tights <laughs> or if he was just like, oh. This is um <laughs> one of the only times that I've heard commentary make reference to the fact that Sami Zayn is Arabic like they talk about it on commentary yeah yeah because they're I, like Swiss versus that yeah yeah <laughs> well they, they they talk about like um that he's a Canadian Arab dude like they they mention that they talk about his background a little bit which like they never do on main roster WWE and which for the most part I'm glad for that because I just do we trust WWE to handle that well? I mean, they do here fine. It, it's just like, um, I mean, it, it's not like something you have to bring up every time or anything. Like, it doesn't, where he's from doesn't really have anything to do with, like, his storylines or anything yeah. in, in the main roster. But it's just interesting the way that he, um, it, he is certainly very open about and very proud of his heritage and everything. But it does seem like it's a little bit downplayed in WWE like he is very much coded as just like a white guy from Canada yeah you know like more than anything else which yeah I don't want to make a value judgment on that I just thought it was very interesting like oh this is the only time I've ever actually heard them talk about this yeah yeah definitely um but I mean you know we don't know the reasoning so and that's For sure yeah but this match itself is so good I am so glad that Cesaro no longer has a don't tread on me flag in <laughs> his so weird uh, entrance graphic. Yeah, where he's yelling, we the people. It's so weird. I Okay, yeah. Like, I know <laughs> 2014, vastly different now from now when no. you see that. And, like, 
no, I would say it's still a lot more different now. Not vastly, but like there's a difference between a don't tread on me flag in 2014 of like, oh, that guy smokes a lot of weed and bought a gun once versus <laughs> now in 2019. A when paramilitary you see, fascist. Exactly. That's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> and like he also, I remember he also had one other like weird, vaguely fascist thing in like a previous episode we watched. Yeah, with Kofi. Yes, that was it. Yeah, he came out with like a, a uh, somewhat like military looking like beret and jacket a little bit christopher daniels uh yeah but deal. like he did not as hard as christopher daniels but not like i think it says also they're like oh he's swiss they have the military there which is like can you guys right. open up wiki he's please? like a green beret or something yeah, yeah yeah they're making him that which like makes sense for his build but i'm just i really like him and i'm glad that he does not have that accoutrement yeah that was very strange yeah um i i don't i i wasn't watching at this point so i don't know what the deal is with that gimmick but I was just like, but I'm not a fan. Don't like it. Uh, what if it were the Bobby Hill don't tread on me flag? That would be sweet. Biggest baby face of all time. <laughs> um, but yeah, I again, like I wanted to compare this to uh, the Sarah Del Rey match because it's it's not similar in the sense that these two people are incredibly unevenly matched physically necessarily, but it is like the thing Sami Zayn does so well and the thing that makes him one of my favorite wrestlers is he is really really good at being the babyface in peril he is really good at fighting from underneath and not giving up and selling like he is really really hurt and like that is what he does better than almost anybody and so putting him with someone like Cesaro who's the thing that Cesaro does well is seeming totally unstoppable yeah like that is a really wonderful combination and so you know Cesaro just completely kicks his ass for most of the match and that's awesome I love when Sami Zayn is getting his ass kicked because I love feeling for him and feeling like he's in peril and uh you know rooting for him when he gets like one move in uh, but yeah, like there are a couple moments where you think the tide might turn and, you know, he does get a little bit of offense in, but Cesaro does his trademark Cesaro thing of like, it's almost like a pre no sell. It's like he stops the offense from even happening. Yeah. So he doesn't have to no sell it because he just stops it from happening with sheer strength. Yeah. If you watch this on the WWE app, I was kind of mad that like, cause you know how they have the dots on uh, the bottom of the screen. So mm -hmm. you can be like, see where the beginning and the end of the match is. The dots in the bottom of the screen gave away the ending of the match. I noticed that. And I was like, fuck, I didn't, I, I was, cause you really don't know which way it's going to go. Right. Yeah. Cause it's such a well structured match. And it really is in terms of the purpose of this episode and how, what we want to cover in Cesaro's career, the perfect in betweener match, mm -hmm. because it's like, they mentioned Generico on commentary mm -hmm. in in like Cesaro's indie matches. So like, it's wonderful. Cause it's like, these guys have done this together for years. I love when he, Sammy tries to dive through the ropes and he yeah. just gets him. Cesaro. So Sammy dives through the ropes and Cesaro uppercuts him as he's flying through this like diagonal through the corner. It's crazy. We, I've, we've talked about this before of like big dudes that we would take a move from. I would not take a move from Cesaro. It looks scary because he's good at his job and I'm <laughs> supposed to be scared. This is the thing about Cesaro. I I was thinking that, but I was I was having two simultaneous thoughts in my mind. Number one, uh, I would be more comfortable doing a dive on Cesaro than almost anybody. Good because point. Because he good will point. not let you get hurt. He will fucking catch you like anywhere. He'll catch you with his teeth. He will. Yeah, he will catch you. <laughs> So, like, I, f I would feel super safe wrestling him if I were, like, a high flyer person. Um, but at the same time, well, one thing I did make note of when I watched this was, like, I am positive Cesaro could kill someone with his bare hands. Like, no question. Yeah. There are parts in this match where I'm like, if this were real, Cesaro would be ripping Sami Zayn's leg off. Like, it is fucking crazy. It is nuts. <laughs> no, I, it's, and, like, also, I'm really glad that he was so many people's trainer because he's trained a lot of people, too, and that, like, that person knows what they're doing. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's he's like, clearly incredibly skilled. Um. Did you see um, there was an interview and uh, that he got mad at for the right reasons, but former guest Tracy Williams uh, did an interview where he talked about being trained by Cesaro and he called him a complete freak <laughs> in like a good way. He was like, he's he got, is a complete freak. He's a complete freak and he's got this incredible toolbox and I thought it was a very nice thing to say. Um, there's a, a shoot interview with, um, I think it's Dan Barry and Chuck Taylor and Dalton Castle 
and they're talking about Cesaro and they're both saying that like they're they both independently said this and then we're like oh I guess like this is the common denominator here is Cesaro where they were like yeah I wrestled him and I was more tired than I have ever been after a match wrestling him like he's just he makes you so tired he makes you work so hard and he doesn't even seem tired at all and then Chuck Taylor goes he's like a horse (laughs) and I just think about that all the time of like he's a horse he's a horse like this guy cannot you cannot exhaust him like he's just a fucking workhorse he's a big Clydesdale (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to figure out the mood continuum of Dalton Castle Dan Barry and Chuck Taylor it's very good like it's is it bad vibes is it good to bad vibes I don't oh, know. like the the spectrum, the continuum. spectrum continuum. Well, I feel like D- Dustin is clearly the worst vibes. Well, yeah, like, Dalton is, is the best. Dalton is the best vibes. Dan Barry is chaotic neutral vibes. I think Dan Barry has good vibes though. Oh, I love Dan. Yeah, I loved Dan. You were there when we had the episode, and I was like, no, stay. Let's just chit chat about Long Island for three hours. Yeah, we just wanted to hang out. Yeah, it was great. He rules. Um, so yeah, I think it's. I think if we have to rank them, it's definitely Dalton best vibes by far. Dan Barry a solid positive Dustin malevolent energy. Yeah. He's like, a horse. he's a horse. Okay. He just like, doesn't get tired and he's good at everything. Like there's a video of him, uh, playing soccer with like a couple of the other European WWE guys. And he's just like amazing at it. Like yeah. he's just good at every sport. He looks like an Olympian. Exactly. He's just like a fucking crazy, strong, like, probably could have done any other sport if he wasn't a professional wrestler he's just like fucking weird he's yeah he's super weird uh another thing i really liked in this is uh the head slaps are so nasty yeah i'm sure as like a move in a in like a a quote unquote real fight that's not actually that effective but if you want to establish a character having him slap you on the back of the head that's brilliant that's yeah. such a smart way to do that because it was like so mean and especially because like babyface sammy is like the purest thing right and yeah it, the match opens with cesaro like dope slapping him which is very funny <sighs> Ooh, so it's, mean. yeah it's it's just very disrespectful in a good way yeah um spe- speaking of there's also a really good because we were talking about this on a recent episode there's a really good kick out at one yeah this match yes i wrote a note about it yeah because it's just like and he kicks out at one and scream it's sammy kicks out of yeah. cesaro's pin at one and it's yeah it's like again this guy won't give up you the know the charge that it gives the match at that point not that i think anybody would have been bored or like starting to think about looking at their phone or whatever during this match but like the extra jolt of energy it gives it is really really incredible and all the people in the mojo raleigh t-shirts are really into it yeah (laughs) the other thing that's like so funny about this is that there's well there's two things about this event that i find very funny number one it is called nxt arrival and it is stylized with a capital r so it's a lowercase r capital r arrival, arrival which is like oh rival got it yeah which is i get it but it is so dumb it it's is very WWE. so dumb that makes me laugh and then the second thing that makes me laugh is that the match immediately following Sami Zayn versus cesaro is mojo raleigh versus cj parker aka juice robinson <laughs> which is like what what a matchup what a, what two great great wrestlers great personalities i'm so happy that mojo raleigh's family cousins <laughs> bachelor party got to see this match. yeah there were a bunch of mojo fans in the audience i can't imagine them having a match i feel like it would just end with them telling each other stories about times they did molly or something <laughs> like those guys weren't gonna fight they're gonna be friends oh i accidentally did met that one time yeah, yeah. me too <laughs> yeah, um, that's what it's gonna be the other big note i have about uh this match is that am i allowed to call cesaro's gear a little slutty looking okay he's wearing garters so yes thank you <laughs> he is thank wearing you but sp- like sp- like leg headbands. That's the only way I can describe it. No, I. They're I'm, very slutty. It, it, it's just, I we support and like the sluttiness is valid. Oh, it's great. It's I love it. Very valid sluttiness, <laughs> but it's it's slutty looking gear for sure. No question. It's very slutty. I was like crying, laughing when he like pulled them up at one point. Like there were stockings. Yeah, it's it's cute. But also, again. I I think there is an actual like functionality in it other than thank you for giving me something to laugh at five years later. Um, in that like 
there's so many different markers for like how brutal a match is getting and like this is how it's getting serious like kenny omega pulls down his like knee guard charlotte's hair goes to fucking hell kurt angle takes the singlet straps down exactly cesaro loses his garter (laughs) it has a purpose he throws it into the audience and the person who catches it has to become a professional wrestler that's how it works oh my god (laughs) i really like that that's so romantic this is actually kind of a romantic episode if you think about this and the pigs that's true Um, the last thing I want to say about this is that, uh, the end is really sweet because Cesaro, Cesaro wins, he leaves, he comes back in the ring and gives Sammy a hug and is clearly like talking to him like afterward. And it's just like, you know, yeah, does it ruin kayfabe? Like, yeah, kind of whatever. But like, it also has been established. These people know each other really well. They've wrestled together a bunch. I'm sure it's a like congrats man like welcome to the big time you're gonna go far like i believe in you type shit the opening of the match is also on commentary they're talking about sammy wants to earn his respect so it doesn't actually yeah okay it didn't really ruin the kayfabe okay and that like there were two goals in mind with this match right somebody has to win it and sammy has to earn his respect yeah and like so that in that kayfabe is wonderful and it does make them both look really good because Again, like if you're introducing the character of Sami Zayn, especially Sami Zayn as a babyface, it's like this guy won't give up. And so it doesn't necessarily matter whether he wins or loses. What you need to establish is that he is going to try and try and try and try. Yes. And that's what you establish. And it's like, and Cesaro respects that. And that's cool. Yeah. And it's like, I'm sure he does love his friend and was very happy for him. So. Yeah. Although, I mean, like, look, all all iterations of Sami, I love. I love Sami as a chicken shit heel. <laughs> Oh much he's so good at it he's such a piece of shit as a heel it's so i it's i for like two weeks i was watching the weeklies and like sammy being an asshole it's pretty fun it's so much fun it's pretty fun i just miss i miss babyface sammy but i don't blame you he's not yeah he's he's definitely like earning his money he's doing a really good job yeah good for him um so yeah like this is the first thing we watched of cesaro in wwe um, we did watch some like vignettes and stuff too. Cause another really funny thing that was happening like around this time is that, um, Cesaro is in a tag team with Tyson Kidd, who is, uh, Natty's yeah. husband who, um, really tragically had to retire due to injury. Yeah. Um, but they were a tag team for a while and like the storyline was basically just that like Tyson Kidd thought Cesaro was so cool. <laughs> just like really funny. Tyson Kidd is me. <laughs> yeah. And he's just like has like kind of a crush on Cesaro and like uh we watched a really good vignette of um it was uh Natalia and Tyson Kidd were supposed to go on a double date with uh Naomi and the Uso that is her husband who I can't remember. I think it's Jimmy. I think it's Jimmy. So they're supposed to go on a double date and Tyson Kidd brings Cesaro <laughs> to this he like brings him as like a third wheel or a fifth wheel and then wheel. he says like I thought it was a double date like tennis doubles which I think is so funny it's so stupid <laughs> and then there is one of the best lines in any WWE thing which is uh, Jimmy slash Jay Uso going I've been trying to respect this dinner <laughs> It's like so funny. <laughs> the, like, the promos we watched for this, I there's such a weird level of production value to them in that like was WWE trying to be more legitimate in their promos? Like I don't understand. Okay, here's the thing. It is a step up from what WWE promos look like normally. It is still not good at all TV quality. It is it is a hundred percent porno quality. That is exactly the level I would put it at. Like it's like but like high end porno. Yeah, I mean, like studio porno, like not not yeah. amateur stuff, like something from something from a you know, a, a established porno purveyor house. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Just something you know, it's 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 like Brazzers level, I would say. <laughs> like it's like they they rented a space for it. Do you know how much shit we would get if we had the title of this episode be? It's like Brazzers level <laughs> Cesaro. <laughs> we can't do it. I'm just like, it's it's. Not good is what I'm saying. No, I, I completely <laughs> agree. But it is very funny. It is very funny. <laughs> um, it is also funny to me that Cesaro is wearing a suit and then a little scarf. Yeah, for no reason. Their styling of their <laughs> attempted styling to communicate to you that he is a man from the Swiss Alps. Yeah, it's so fucking weird. It's so stupid. It's really weird. I mean, I will say this though, like 
they're they're they have a lot to do for him for that because he clearly has no ideas because um we'll post it in the notes i have to find it (laughs) cesaro is like for someone as hot as he is like a very frumpy motherfucker like he kept okay. We we're talking about he is like one of the bald one of the hottest bald men of all time. Like he will go down in history as like one of the best bald like white balds. Like, yeah, <laughs> there aren't that many. Him, Chris Dickinson. Him, Chris Dickinson. Like Bruce Willis. Okay. Like they're definitely out there. And like, don't get me wrong. Like I am into a bald man. Like I have no problem with with a bald guy. Like definitely not an issue for me. Own it. Absolutely. Like have the confidence of a bald man. Yeah. Like (laughs) just go for it. There's nothing wrong with it. Get the wig wig set to become (laughs) bald. Get the fucking Tim Robinson (laughs) 500 wigs and replace them every 17 hours and have the confidence of a bald man. It's fine. Or get a gorilla attack. Weren't we talking about this on a recent episode? Yeah, we were. Okay. <laughs> it's just, it works for this. One of the hottest bald men of all time. Yeah. Like, really going to go down in history. One of the hottest white balds. Uh, <clears throat> but uh, he kept his hair way longer than he should have. Like, he had, he had like, full-on, um, like, Sideshow Bob shit going on for a while. Like, yeah. Like, he had, like, the poofy, curly parts, like, and then a super receded hair. Like, I'm just... My point here is that, like, he is not concerned with what he looks like in that way. And so WWE has to dress him. So they are trying. Yeah. (laughs) I, I, the, the outfit is very, very funny. Uh, The other promo we watched, I guess, is the beginning of him and Seamus, right? Uh, yeah. In, In the bar. Yeah. Um, ironically, they will become the bar. But, uh, so... Uh, Cesaro and Seamus have like a feud um, they are uh, competing as each other hate each other whatever and then they get teamed up together to work together and it's like well an unlikely pairing that like turns out opposite to tract or whatever the fuck they're Again, both from Europe that's basically all they have <laughs> I think as the storyline but uh, this this promo we watched was basically them solidifying their uh, their friendship which was them in a bar again a very fake looking bar, but not a backstage, not just backstage at WWE. So a step up. Yeah. I want to know like the oral history of them, like booking that bar to shoot in. I don't think that was a real bar. No, but like the location. Yeah. And like, I think it was like a weird, like empty room in like WWE headquarters and they like pretended it was a bar or they had like a takeover or like a pay-per-view in LA that week and they were like why don't we get this studio and film like a shitload of promos yeah yeah yeah. could could very well be that's how the restaurant looked to me too I was like I don't think this is a real restaurant no I feel like very much not a real restaurant (laughs) it's just like yeah uh, again the kindness in saying I don't think this is a real restaurant (laughs) really like shows wonderful things about your character and your faith in people um (laughs) but yeah so they're in this bar and uh they start getting made fun of in the bar and like everyone in the bar like turns on them which is so weird like that doesn't happen I don't understand Vince watched Roadhouse I guess and then he fell asleep while watching a James Bond movie and that's how this (laughs) promo happened I'm telling you yeah because this is also the first thing we watch where they're trying to do the Bond thing (laughs) with Cesaro which again like Cesaro is not Bond like he's not British well there's that but it's also like he's not suave he's just hot (laughs) like you can't ask for those nuances out of like the McMahons though and like we know that is that like there's very different flavors going on here yeah it's just like it's such a weird choice for him because like I get yes he looks great in a suit like I, I understand that he is European which is not British but is like for Vince McMahon has connotations of like sophistication also, like, he did kind of have a little bit of a sophisticated European guy gimmick on the indies, um, which we talked about a little bit before this because I showed Rachel a bunch of uh, Claudio's Cafe, which was <laughs> that Cesaro was, like, obsessed with coffee. It's so good! <laughs> <laughs> so, like, there's sort of a joke there of, like, oh, sophisticated European guy. But, like, he is fundamentally just, like, a, a weird jock. Like... He's not suave. 
he does not have the like James Bond thing, but he's like awkwardly ordering a martini at this fake bar in, in a his suit. like in his little Swiss accent too. So it's like <laughs> not stirred, and you're like, what? What'd you say? Okay, uh, <laughs> like him and Seamus's accents together kind of really messed with my head because <laughs> it's like you can hear it, you can hear you know an accent that is not your own and be like, oh, they are Irish or they are Australian or they are from the south, but when you have two of them it really like fucks you up for a second and you <laughs> well, have you, to blink and yeah, then you get have back to into like, it. You have to like, your brain has to switch like what you're correcting for in their accents. Yes. Each time they speak because their accents are like, they they have some things that are very similar and some things that are very different, different. Yeah. And so it's like, vi- yeah, I know what you mean. It's like vi- they, they both like Cesaro speaks great English Seamus is probably better than I do. Yeah, his he is he speaks great English. Seamus his accent isn't super thick, but together it's like whiplash, like going yes, between them. Yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And then they fight everybody in the bar and throw somebody through like a quote end quote wall. Yeah, um, and like maybe kill the bartender because they're like, hey, open bar, and then Seamus pours Cesaro a Guinness. So that's that I think is really funny because that's clearly them transitioning him out of the weird Bond gimmick. Yeah. And being like, okay, now we get to come together and like be the bar. Have our differences uh, make us great or whatever. <laughs> and then they're the bar. And then I, there's something really incredible in the bar's entrance in that like two dudes who are just like such big, buff, attractive people who are there partially because they are big, buff, attractive people. They're just like empirically good looking dudes doing just like all out flagrant nerd shit. Their entrance is insane. There are so many like parts of it. Like there's so many. They each have their own entrance graphic. And it is still like they do. Cesaro's not Bond anymore. Thank God. But they do keep that a little bit with his entrance and like the, with the spotlights. And I stuff. think it works for him, though, just because it's like it's a unique sound. And, and you're it's like, cool. oh, that's Cesaro. The, and the entrance with the spotlights and everything is really cool. Like, I like it. But the, you do that and then you do Seamus and then they do like a pose and then they do another pose and then they walk to the ring and then they do their like thumb thing and they're always wearing a ton of accessories sometimes they have utility kilts that are not very fitted by the way no terribly fitting utility kilts oh there's a lot of patches like there's just like so much stuff <laughs> and it's very silly it's very silly <laughs> i don't know if you're listening to this and you know this i the bond gimmick sucks so clearly but like in my sort of like, no, actually, the asexual Budweiser cup is good brain. I'm like, <laughs> lean into it. I want to see him do like the shittiest like Bond opening ever. And like, I'm sure <laughs> some form of it happened, but like not enough for what I truly want. But like, it's their opening now. It's just there. It's it's too. I'm if they weren't so much fun to watch, I would call it too much stuff. But that's hot privilege. <laughs> they have hot privilege. Hot privilege. You can take a long time. Also, um, so the match we watched for this was the bar versus uh, the shield, which is the match where Cesaro's teeth get pushed up into his face. <laughs> um, but the the advantage of the bar's entrance is that their entrance is so long and they are both European guys. So this is... Oh, this happens very often to them um, where this is the opportunity in the show that WWE takes to introduce all their foreign language announced teams. Yes. Because it takes so long for them to do their entrance. They have time to get through all of them before they get to the ring. It's so funny. <laughs> so it, it has a function in that way. Hey, I have a question. Does Seamus still have a septum piercing? Because he does so. in he the does. bar fight promo. Yeah. And I was like, what? Yeah, it's weird. You can't have that in ring. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody's going to pull on it. It's yeah, that was I did notice that. And I was well, like, I mean, he has a he has like a demure and I'm sorry to like assign gender to a piercing. He has a demure girl one. Mm-hmm. In that like y- he can flip it up pretty easily, but like you can tell that he wanted like the big like 
full septum and they were like no you gotta flip that up you're gonna <laughs> it is you're yeah, gonna like, lose your septum i i noticed that and i didn't know if it was what i was seeing like I, I was like is that a septum piercing or am i just seeing things because it looks like he like flipped it up or something i but... screenshot it sent it to myself and zoomed in on my phone to be sure <laughs> I believe it's a you. Septum piercing. yeah i don't think he has one anymore or if he does he he hides it yeah um but yeah so this is from uh last year i remember i was watching this live and uh yeah, it's it's a really good match, but memorable and notable mostly because um, Cesaro eats the turnbuckle and uh, his teeth get pushed up into his fucking brain Bleh. like really early in the match, <sighs> and then he wrestles the whole thing. I was blown away by this match because like I know I knew that this was the match where he fucked up his teeth. Yeah, I uh, had have been lucky enough to see a re- see a reenactment of it and with a dog and it was very funny um it's so like for me watching it it was the same sort of like oh my god oh my god oh my god oh my god I, I don't know if I can watch this that I felt when I watched many moons ago now the Daniel Bryan uh match where his like cornea gets detached because mm-hmm. it's like it's not just that you like knocked your teeth out right it's that they are in the wrong place but still in your body yeah it's it's fucking crazy looking (laughs) like it's it's so gross and uh yeah i would rather i would rather get my teeth knocked out than knocked up that seems horrible (laughs) and clearly it's like a much more severe um injury because cesaro had to wear a mouth guard and braces for like a year i think he still wears a mouth guard i'm not sure i mean if that had happened to me once i would wear a mouth guard forever i would wear a mouth guard like walking (laughs) to the train yeah Yeah. but yeah he he uh just goes with it like the ref the ref is clearly checking on him at one point he he tags seamus and he gets out of the ring and like gets checked on and he just gets right back in it and he has like a really really cool spot later in the in the match where he does the patented cesaro thing of like catching seth rollins and then throws Seth Rollins onto Dean Ambrose. And uh, it's awesome. It's really cool. Um, also, shout out to Dean Ambrose, uh, wrestling in jeans. One of my favorite. Uh, that's how you know a guy is real unhinged. So what I wrestling like, in jeans. What I like about Dean Ambrose's in-ring face is that he is trying to communicate to you, the audience member, that he's a guy with sweat in his eyes. <laughs> like That's what he's going for. And it's so funny. He could have slammed his teeth into the turnbuckle. They could have done like five more things and it still would have been a really, really fucking good match. And they just go for it anyway. And I have a feeling, you know, like when you have, you know, physical injuries like that, adrenaline sets in and I'm sure you're already getting adrenaline by nature of this performance that you're doing. So he must have been on like complete overdrive. Yeah. And like through the rest of the match, he has like blood all over his hands. There's like some on his torso and he keeps bleeding out of the mouth because he's fucked up. And I just, it's so good. Yeah. I love blood, dude. (laughs) Blood is so good. This is good blood. Um, I took a couple screen caps of like, there's a couple parts of, uh, of, Cesaro um he has Dean Ambrose in like a chin lock and he's like screaming and there's like blood all over his face and he just looks so cool <sighs> it's really great uh, um yeah this was really wonderful oh yeah and when I think it was Seth kicks out and he's horrified yeah he's so mad and he's so mad and he's like covered in blood splatters and he has like the tape on his shoulder it's just he's such a good performer yeah like I know we spent most of this goofing off about how like how he's a weirdo or he's hot or he's really ripped he is an incredible performer and that's why I think I lie on the side of he's incredibly charismatic spectrum as to you who are like maybe that's not one of his strong points um and it just it really like blew me away and also like Seamus is a really really fucking good wrestler Mm -hmm. and like weirdly underrated I feel maybe again this is like how the lens I watch things through your opinion is is very valid uh I don't know there was the one time I said Kota Ibushi is a workhorse and everyone was like wow you are having on a show run by Kota Ibushi marks and I was like okay that's fair I need to think about who's showing me what but I'm pretty sure Seamus is like kind of underrated I think uh he he had like a really really he was sort of like the guy that was picked like before Roman so he pre-Roman Reigns getting a big push he was like the kind of the guy who was like next in line so I think it may be the reason I don't think of him that way is because I like watched some of that but I will say like I think Cesaro is incredibly talented and incredibly underrated and something I was thinking about during the Sami Zayn match was like this is like such a 
great match. Like I have not seen a match as good as this Cesaro Sami Zayn match in WWE all year. And these two guys are like mid card dudes who like work in tag teams. And it's like, what are you doing? Like you could make, if you booked it right, you could make like six separate promotions out of all of the good people in WWE because there are that many people who are talented enough to be at the top of the card who are just kind of doing nothing. And like speaking of the shadow realm, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> check out our Patreon. Um, <laughs> that's actually a good segue because I, I think we're pretty much done, right? Uh, what else? I, I mean, like, there's a lot that you could glow about with this match, but I feel like it would be redundant for a listener where I'm just like, whoa, and then he still has blood in his mouth. <laughs> I just like. You could have, it's it's a mark of like strength and talent and dedication to your craft and like love for what you do in that like anybody would be like, pin me, we're good. Right. He wrestles for like 15 more minutes. Like when I knew it was going to happen and I figured it happened towards the end of the match because again, you have the markers when you're watching right. uh, and on, on WWE. He does it and then I like looked at the marker it's and I really was like, early. oh my God, yeah. he keeps going? Yeah. Do they have like a Novocaine guy right there? <laughs> Maybe they do. Maybe they have a secret Novocaine guy. I'm sure they have like <laughs> medical, but like, what's also wild about it is like watching the ref be like, Oh my God! What the fuck? Just yeah, the happened? ref is the ref is like visibly grossed out. It's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't have the performative blue gloves on. He has a rushed one glove because yeah. he's like, let me look at this shit. <laughs> and then also like, I mean, you there are many criticisms of WWE and the way they do things. And if you have a problem with them doing this, it's like I get it. But like the fact that they chose to do the replay of like, look how fucked up he is. Yeah. I liked that. I liked that too. I, I mean, mean <laughs> go ahead. We both did it. <laughs> I think if you're a guy who's like, no, keep it going. Yeah. Use that to build it. And that's totally fine for like Cesaro, the dude. Right. And like for him as a yeah. performer of like, yeah, no, use my pain to build this. Absolutely. You, you want to try to avoid those things as much you can, as much as you can. But when they happen, as long as the person is okay and you're not showing something like incredibly traumatizing, ghoulish, yeah. like, yeah, show it. Like, yeah. it's crazy that that happens. You like, can see Dean getting blood envy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. Because Dean tries to like do the whole like, I'm throwing my shoulder back into its socket. And it's like, no, sorry, somebody lost their teeth. Right. We're, we don't have time for this. Dean. You have you have blood envy. I'm sorry, Deanie baby. <laughs> By the way, we don't have time. Shout out to the Dean Jericho interview. We loved it. Oh, yeah, it was great. So good. Uh, hopefully by the time this comes out, everyone will have listened to it because it'll be like two weeks old. But yeah, yeah it was it was wonderful. Um, it was fun to watch like an old Dean Ambrose match after after listening to that interview because you're like, this guy was having a terrible time <laughs> during this. Jesus Christ. He was really bummed out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but he had a good match. He yeah. was really good in it. I, Again, and like every time I watch Seth Rollins, Seth Rollins is one of those people that uh, I don't think about at all. And then I watch him wrestle and I'm like, oh, he's like really good. And he's then I really good. go back to not giving a shit about him again until I happen to catch a good match of his. I'm like, oh, yeah, he's really good. I really like watching Seth. I, I, I'm kind of on the same page of like, oh, wait, yeah, no, Seth's here. He's definitely like the best wrestler I don't care about. Like by far. <laughs> <laughs> I Yeah, I, 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 I don't know if I'm like seth agnostic or what yeah i mean i definitely get the appeal i get why people like him and i think he's a really good wrestler but for whatever reason it doesn't connect with me and that's someday fine. someday yeah. on a different episode exactly um before we go i do want to relate one other story actually speaking of seth rollins um the day we recorded this weirdly <laughs> enough uh so my friend ethan who lives in austin um you may know him as the former producer of uh, lie cheat and steal oh. um he works at a coffee shop and is a coffee roaster and is like very into coffee and he texted me today and said uh seth rollins becky lynch and cesaro just came into the coffee shop and uh first of all he said uh, he said Seth Rollins seems seems stressed out when he got there, but then relaxed, which like tracks with everything we have known and seen about Seth Rollins. Yeah, he doesn't it, want he, if he's not at work, don't make him be at work. Yeah, he doesn't like being approached. Um, he said Becky Lynch ordered two coffees, which rules. <laughs> <laughs> and he That's said, my girl. And he said Cesaro was really nice. He used all caps. So nice. Cesaro was really nice. He was a real head. right? Oh, yeah. So this is so then I told him like because he's a big coffee guy. He's like a coffee nerd. And so I was like, oh, maybe you'll end up on Cesaro's coffee Instagram, which is just hundreds of pictures of coffee cups that look exactly the same. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's really funny. He doesn't even geotag them. That's what's like. <laughs> it's so that's funny. That's what's super mystifying to me about when I was scrolling the coffee Instagram is that like at least be like, oh, I was here. Or, uh, maybe he does geotag them. And I he, was like he so must. blown away. He must. But it is insane. So check out Claudio's Cafe on Instagram. Um, but so I was telling Ethan, I was like, oh, maybe I'll end up on his coffee Instagram. And Ethan goes. Oh, sweet. He seemed like a head, <laughs> which makes me laugh a lot. That's a really beautiful shorthand. Cesaro, a true head. A true head. A true bald head. A true beautiful bald head. <sighs> One of the best. With a big nose. Um, <laughs> yeah, the other thing, finally, I think the other thing you showed me of him has YouTube. It's oh, very... Yeah. Cesaro has web 1.0 poisoning. <laughs> he made... The end of the world, but for a wrestler who's obsessed with coffee. Yeah, we watched, it was Claudio's Cafe number 16, and it was just like a PowerPoint presentation with uh, explosion noises and voiceover. You saying, imagine him editing this, really like <laughs> brought some calm to my soul, and it needed it. We'll put it in the notes. It's, yeah. it's a good time. Yeah. It's very fun. This was a wonderful time. Yeah, it was. Um, Almost as fun as going to the Bahamas and swimming with those pigs and Cesaro. Swimming with me. Swimming with us. <laughs> We're the pigs. We're the pigs. Never forget. Um, <laughs> if you enjoyed this episode, uh, we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash WrestleSplania. We do two full bonus episodes a month. We have a bunch of other fun stuff on there as well. We have pretty extensive episode notes and uh, lesson plans for each episode we do. We also have a wonderful Discord server with a bunch of really nice people that like to talk about pro wrestling. Patreon.com slash WrestleSplania. Um, we do we have anything else to announce oh this is the first thing we've recorded since we did our twitch stream so yeah oh my god thank you so much we raised over ten thousand dollars total for Yellowhammer fund we ended up donating um after fees and everything uh, about like nine thousand six hundred and fifty we were like, like a hair under ten grand yeah so uh, pay, uh paypal should donate those to Yellowhammer. for Thanks. real um <laughs> yeah it was incredible it was uh, a real privilege to witness so thank you guys yeah. um I have uh, I made a documentary with my dad about Pennsylvania voting rights. If you are interested in that topic, uh, we are going to be having screenings in July in Reading, Pennsylvania, and in, at the Pittsburgh Film Festival on the same day. So depending on which one you go to, you could meet me or my dad. Uh, if you want to watch the movie, you can do that at lineinthestreet.com. And uh, we also have a wonderful West Coast producer, uh, LB Hunkiers. They are currently covering WWE for fanbite.com. And they have also launched a Patreon for Hunkology, which is patreon.com slash hunktears. Uh, if you live in Portland, Maine, I'm doing a show up there on July 3rd. Um, it's at a brewery. I can't remember the name of it, but check my Twitter. Hopefully by the time this comes out, I will, uh, have all the details on there. Uh, I also have two other podcasts that both have Patreons as well. Um, what a time to be alive as mentioned, uh, pig in a hot car and, uh, lie, cheat and steal. So check those out and we'll see you next week. Bye. Love you. Bye. Bye.